Joining the chorus, it's time for another North Melbourne Footy Club update with Dean Vasic and special guests on Hashtag Kangaroos. So before we start today's show, I wanted to get a word from our sponsor. So who here has tried to sell a house and been told by a real estate agent, yeah, mate, yeah, this piece of shit of a house, I'll get you 800000 for this. No worries at all. Only to be told three weeks later, or two weeks later, or whatever, oh, no, you, you'll have to drop the prices. You're just not getting any interest. And then it gets passed at auction, and you're stressed out trying to sell it because you've got mortgage payments, bills, and everything else that comes with life. Well, stress no more. Barry Plant Craigieburn will look after you without the stresses of trying to sell a house. I've had first-hand experience in selling a house with Barry Plant, and they've smashed the reserve price quite easily both times. Also, if you are looking at renting an investment property, they will look after you as well with getting the best tenants possible with thorough background checks. You don't have to do anything except watch the rent come in into your account. Barry Plant will take care of everything. No stress and no worries. Just ask for Damien Cavalli at uh, Barry Plant Craigieburn or any of the other friendly staff and they will look after you. Just say hashtag kangaroos or Dean or Dean Vasic recommended you. Also, Damien's North supporter, so he's more than happy to ch- chat about North while he's uh, looking after your best interest as far as buying or selling a house or even renting an investment property. So just call Barry Plant Craigieburn on 9305-5533 or go to www.barryplant.com.au. Anyways, that's it. On with the show. Welcome to another episode. My name is Dean Vasic. You can find me on Twitter at hashtag Kangas or on Instagram at hashtag Kangaroos Podcast. So today I'm once again joined by Monday regular Claire Cosy to discuss our semi-final win over the weekend against Richmond, a 36-point comprehensive belting of Richmond. There was obviously a lot of controversy during the week where the game was played, but um, yeah, full credit to the girls. are Absolutely flawless. I won't hold you up anymore. I know uh, all your listeners want to hear me and Claire talk about the game. So I might as well bring on Claire right now. So I'm once again joined by Claire Cozzy. Now, before we start, Cozzy, I'm not too sure, uh, Claire, now I'm not too sure if you can hear this. It was a, it was a, we're all aboard the Crocker Express. Oh, so. aren't we just? I tell you what, that man, if I could buy him a coffee slash a bottle of Chandon right now, I definitely would. <laughs> um, Phenomenal by him, um, absolutely phenomenal. I think he's copped some critical feedback in the past, uh, myself included maybe in that critical feedback. Um, but, no, that was the most complete performance, um, the most outstanding performance and easily probably my favourite win as a AFLW North Melbourne supporter. Um, just incredible. Um, you know, such a even spread of contributors um, small and large, you know, very even in terms of role players. You know, you had your low disposals but high impact players like, you know, Amy Smith, Bowie um, or Bowie um, and then also even someone like Tess Craven. I think they played their role. Mm. Um, that was particularly great to watch. It was also it was really interesting from a half-back line, um, <clears throat> I guess, analysis because – Caitlin Cox, who was formerly on the North Melbourne list, was tagging Carney, which I found was really interesting and a strategic play by the Tigers coach. But um, the reason why I think it's such a coming-of-age performance is because we didn't have to especially rely on someone like Carney for that half-back thrust into the forward 50. You know, 
Brooke Brown, who's getting better and better with each week. She had 20. Um, Bresh, Nicole Breshnahan had 18. So, you know, whilst Carney was dealing with the tag, you still had a half back line firing. Um, we obviously know Jazz Garner. I don't have any more superlatives to actually uh, say how much I enjoyed this woman playing footy. Finished with 22 disposals, two goals, uh, clutch player, outplayed her tag. Um, and not only did she play, outplay her tag, she also bought her teammates with her and they rose to the occasion with Riddell finishing on 30, Bruton on 22 and King on 17. So I really loved watching um, that midfield all kind of get around her and, and rise to the occasion of playing that level with her. I think there was a really pivotal moment in the second quarter where I finally <laughs> felt a little confident that North were going to get the win um, when... Jazzy kicks that kind of clutch goal and you can watch it. I've watched the replay quite a couple of times now, Dean, to be honest, but <laughs> you watch everyone get around Jazzy because they know the importance of playing a role. You know, it kind of goes back to Emma Carney's first speech when, you know, the, the season started. She says, I don't need you to be remar- remarkable. I need you to be reliable. I think that's a really good theme to kind of summarise North Melbourne is that when you think about the eight debutantes that have come into the club and played the season, you think about you know, the five core players that exited before the season, we weren't looking for stars as such as we were looking for an even spread. And I think the performance on the weekend was just that. And I'm so proud of also their capacity to change their game plan. So you saw against Geelong, you know, what do we kick like? I don't know, two, three or something very small. Yeah, two, four compared to 11, eight on the weekend. You know, it's, they really identified, it was really pleasing to see that um, Crocker and the, you know, the strategic team and leadership identified the fact that Richmond had a really tall forward line and how they'd be able to stretch it is by using the medium sized forwards. You know, Abba contributed two, Bala Eddie got two goals, Aliso Lachlan got two. you know, Gavalis got a goal as well. So you have those medium to small size forwards that were able to really contribute. And then, you know, Randall steps in for one. Garner was pushed up forward, like we suggested in the podcast last week, that what mm. would we do with Garner? Garner, and that was the smartest move ever. Starring, Sarah put her on one-on-one in that forward line and she smashed it and just knew how to get to the ball, knew how to use her body and is really strong overhead and is able to complete um, her work by her goals. I just thought what an incredible game of football and, and what a what a way to win on what was given, I guess, the highest stakes so far in the AFLW for the for this team and coming out with that level of pressure, that resilience, that uh, just yeah, it was incredible. I one of my housemates is actually um Sorry, not my housemate. One of my really good mates is housemates with Grace Egan, who plays for the Tigers, is a midfielder for the Tigers. And what Grace kind of said on the weekend was that North were relentless and they were just everywhere and on top of you and you never felt like you could have control over the game. So, you know, mm-hmm. that's coming from a player in the field who's feeling the heat of the of the opposition. So I just thought... Yeah, easily, easily my favourite win. But um, like I said, I, I could talk to you about this for probably the next three months. How did you see the, the game, Dean? What were some highlights or what did you think about it? Yeah, there wasn't many lowlights. It was just all mm. highlights. I, yeah, I, I was confident in the first quarter. We'll, it felt like we were going against 
a fairly strong breeze and were up by two points. And there was a couple, you know, the, they got a you know a bit of a nifty goal uh, at the end of the first quarter too. Through Yassir uh, got a uh, you know yeah. a bit of a you know a dodgy dodgy free kick uh, to get a goal. But uh, yeah, I thought oh, if we can get two or three goals up with a breeze, but then we, we just blew them out of the park after that. Like Jesse Garner, yeah, up forward, you know, kicking two goals in the second quarter, just isolating her. Very smart tactics, and uh, you know, I, I know. Um, What's her name? Uh, Ash Riddell had an interview uh, today. I think it was on SEN, sort of saying that Alistair Clarkson spoke to him uh, early in the week, sort of um, after last week's probably a little bit of a disappointing performance. Even uh, yeah, uh, Ash Riddell sort of said it was a pretty disappointing performance. It was ha- they were happy to get away with the win, but they kind of knew that wasn't sort of a sustainable brand of football last week going for the rest of the final series, and they had to play the way they wanted to play. And yeah, we. Dictated the terms um, pretty much from the first bounce, and yeah, look, you can't. You, there was not one player that didn't contribute. You know, I mean, yeah, uh, you know, like I think uh, Taylor Gat didn't have a touch in the first half, but she had five in the third quarter. Really played her part. You know, yeah, I mean, Richmond got an early goal in the third quarter, and you sort of thought, oh, maybe there might be a little bit of a sniff. I was still confident, but um, you know. Uh, she stepped up in the third, and a number of others, and you know, even Kim Rennie, who only had two touches, was really valuable in the ruck, competing against Gabby Gabby Seymour, who's a very good ruckman. So yeah, yeah, I think, yeah, go. On. Oh, sorry. I think Rennie taking that ruck role allowed King to be free, which mm. with Randall King and Garner all being, you know, Garner can be quite tall and play the tall forward. It really stretched that defense, didn't it? So. Yeah. I think again, yeah, the the amount that Rennie brought into the team was just the structure and the ability to line up and then I thought Vicky Wall, while she had very low numbers, still did it quite a lot. Um yeah. she's you know She's very good with... around the contest, isn't she? Oh, like, isn't she? Very she's good strong. technique with the tackling and yeah, just uh, a big intimidating presence. Yeah. And I like the way that she goes about kind of just trying to move the ball on and really yeah. looking for exposing a side by running them, bunning, kind of slingshotting it through defence. Um, I thought, yeah, she played a role. Um, I thought Abba's little sneaky goal uh, in the first quarter, that yeah. brightened my smile. She just grabbed the ball and um, kicked a snag, Triple. I thought. Yeah, and, and it was straight through the um, the Tigers' cheer squad as well. <laughs> yeah. I took a bit of pleasure watching that one. Um, but even just her, her first goal, uh, the first goal of the game for North was her clutch goal. And, you know, it was a heavy breeze. I think she was about 40 metres out on an angle and she was able to – I just feel like she's taken her game to another level. Um, yeah. I think she's doing really, really well. I think that's the thing about the small, medium-sized forwards is – they're always popping up. That's that you can't really get it. Once you kind of, you know, maybe quell a Vicky Wall or a Lisa Lachlan, you've got Gavalis or Bella Eddy or Abba popping up again. So I think that's such a important forward line chemistry because then you've also got Randall and King and Garner when she pushes forward to compete with. So it's just, you know, that's that scoreline is probably the scoreline that we've, we've deserved all kind of year because we know – how special and, and how talented that forward line when it works together can be. Um, so it was also particularly interesting to kind of watch North um, play that composed 25-metre um, chip into the corridor and take territory. Um, you know, I noticed that their kicks were 166 to uh, 68 handballs, so they really took away and negated this whole idea of, of, you know, 
the attacking kind of chaotic energy that Tigers bring at the contest and the stoppages and feeding off Ali McKenzie and Monconti getting some burning some pace, they decided to really hold uh, possession of the footy, which I thought was, again, incredibly smart. Take mm. away the, you know, the offensive strengths of the other team to, um, yeah, to kind of quell any sort of damage they were able to do. You know, they had nine marks inside 50, which was great to see. I think the tackle pressure inside 50, 13 tackles as well. So it was a really complete performance. Um, I just feel like, yeah, it's it really was a statement piece. It really was a coming of age moment that I think we'll look back and say, this was the game that North Melbourne declared itself upon the competition and said, we're here to be taken seriously. Because if you look at the past history of the AFLW, you know, the teams that rotate through the finals and the prelims are often Adelaide, Brisbane and Melbourne. Throughout the years, they've kind of always been up there. And I think this game is a statement to the other clubs is that we're here to play. We probably belonged in the top four the entire time, but we're here and we're going to kind of shake things up a fair bit. So, yeah, impressive win. It'll be interesting to see how we go next week. Um, but, yeah, it's it's fascinating how that home ground advantage <laughs> Played absolutely no, no. I mean, you know, even Jazzy Garner after the game kind of highlighted how much the players like to play at Punt Road and how it really suits their brand of football. So, just a, a bit of an own goal by Brennan Gale there. I think <laughs> probably not the smartest thing. And even Katie Brennan came out and said something as well about the spiritual home of Punt Road and. Yeah, interesting choice of words. I wonder if they sit back and and reflect upon upon those or. Maybe they're just having a couple of jars and enjoying off-season. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think if you had time again, I think you'd probably want to yeah, move the game, <clears throat> to be honest with you, at, at a big ground like Icon Park because a lot of supporters did get locked out, um, unfortunately. 13 minutes, the game was sold out. That's 2,800 tickets. So you'd have to think you would have got probably ten to 15,000 at Icon Park to watch the game. And I think it was a bit of a statement. It sounded like the players used it as a bit of a motivation. Um, just uh, listening to Emma King this afternoon sort of saying that, yeah, no, we sort of um, wanted to use it as a bit of a spur um, against Brendan Gale. And and maybe even a bit of a statement to Melbourne Football Club this week that, um, yeah, you, you, you're going to have a bit of a contest, I think, this week. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. And, you know, I mean, things are... Look, you know, I don't want to jinx it or anything, but things are looking pretty good. We don't really have any injuries. We've got Erica O'Shea. We're not too sure, but we've got a good replacement in Hannah, Hannah Bowie. Um, but that, that's, the, that's the only injury that um, – that's the only player that could come back in because we've got a settled team now. Um, we've got a settled forward five, settled back five, uh, settled midfield. Um, yeah, it's – and that, that makes a big difference. So I think we're – you know, like I know Melbourne were very good against Adelaide a couple of weeks ago. But, um, you know, we, we just smashed the Tigers who, uh, you know, Brisbane only beat by, you know, a couple of goals last week. And, um, yeah, even Collingwood have smashed them a few weeks ago. And, um, yeah, Adelaide just got over the line against them um, in a funny game. Uh, yeah, a bizarre, bizarre game. game. Yeah, because yeah, I don't the weekend. So, yeah, I think things are looking pretty good. And um, just, um, yeah, finding their identity a bit and playing a game on our terms on the weekend is something that we uh, talked about, uh, you know, uh, especially from the last couple of weeks, uh, round 10 uh, to the first final. And, um, yeah, I think we've found it again. And uh, hopefully we can uh, certainly have the game on our terms 
coming up this week. Uh, did you see any negatives out of the game? Um, my only thing that I found a bit frustrating was Richmond were pretty good at exposing um, goal side and getting over the top. So, you know, when Jazz Ferguson or Sarah Wright or even Brooke Brown, when they went up for the contest and, and didn't mark it, unfortunately they were able to poke out the back and, and grab some, you would say some cheap-ish kind of goals. Um, yeah. Even that one, again, it, it's small minor mistakes. Like Yasir ended up kicking a pretty decent goal because someone just forgot to rush it through. You should have just, you know, poked the ball over and then start from scratch because North are one of the best teams in terms of moving the ball from defensive 50 into forward 50s. Um, I thought Wakefield had a pretty good game, um, not to take anything away from, I think, Jazz Ferguson. Uh, who I think did a pretty pretty good job on one of the leading forwards of uh, the one of the key forwards rather of the of AFLW, um, but I just felt yeah she was really good with her body craft um, and did a bit of a number sometimes on Jazz. So I think if Jazz goes to Taylor Harris, um, that'll be a key matchup. Um, so not so much negatives, but I guess areas in which North could improve in terms of, like I said, being exposed goal side. Like Caitlin Cox got one. I think, you know, Mon Conti was pretty good at the clearance and she was able to kind of sidestep and, and kick a goal off the pack. There's just little things where, you know, when you're sitting in a defensive 50, you absolutely sit on your players. You know, you really put that kind of hard tag in. But that's being very pedantic. Other than, like, you know, they all played a pretty incredible game. Um it's just, yeah, it's just I think the Melbourne forward line will be very different to match up on. They're quite tall uh, and they're a very quick team. They're very – that's the only thing that really worries me about Melbourne is that North uh, – and I think there's something to be said about belief and momentum. Um, that's a really valuable, valuable you know, parts of, of going into finals. But, and you know, there's always that argument of is a week off – really a gift or is it not who knows you know um you know momentum can be quite a a great thing to ride into a final so melbourne will be particularly fresh and yeah they're just very tall and very quick as a team so i worry about if the defensive structures aren't set up i really worry about the kate hawes of the world and the Tyler Hanks and the olivia purcells kind of getting goal side and and getting kind of cheapish goals so other than that, that, that just comes down to strategic planning and, and making sure that, yeah, your defensive kind of is a team defence as well. Um, but, yeah, I, I can't say that I'd make any sort of real changes. I think despite Eric O'Shea being an integral member, I think someone ended up getting her lunch today. I saw her on social media. Did you see that? Someone ended up buying her lunch or something to try and get her up for the game or someone stopped by at Arden Street and, and wanted to, shout or a sandwich or something which i think is quite nice it's it's really nice that supporters would kind of do something quite generous and kind to them um but yeah you'd say that given the 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 amazing results on the weekend you wouldn't see much change in the team selection um no so, you, i think this is the team will go with for the rest of the year pretty much you'd have yeah. to think um, yeah there's not going to be you know wholesale changes or anything like that this is this is the team um yeah um yeah but uh good point about melbourne they're very quick on the outside especially especially against adelaide i, th- I think they really exposed them yeah their lack of leg speed after quarter time i mean elisa bannon uh did a couple really big um yeah, she's yeah, huge. Runs, 
yeah, she's she's quite quick. So it's going to be a worry. Um, yeah, the one negative I found, like I don't know if you've seen, I think it was, you did mention you see kicked a goal in the second quarter, just the front and square sort of snap. I, I did watch that um, again, and I seen Hannah Bowie, who was the direct opponent to her, just got caught ball watching and just let yeah. her go completely. And that's just little things like that. You can't afford to do that. No. Like you, just if if she stays front, and, you know, on her. She's not. She's not going to have an easy snap on goal. Nah, um, nah, not at all. And that's just probably inexperience with Hannah Bowie. So. I think so too. Yeah, I think it's more just yeah, like you said, court ball watching. When realistically, you've got to play it a line up, babe. You've got to roll to Especially play. Especially you're here. Yeah, you don't. Yeah. Want to, you don't want to give us time and space. So. No, she's um quite the goal sneak. I taught her actually. She went to Coburg High School, so she's a nice little, nice little kid, fiery little kid. Um. She's funny, funny, but she's got yeah, she's got enormous growth and talent. And I, I'm I'm fascinated. I know this is not on the on the agenda, but I'm also just as a side note, I tweeted on the weekend, and I, I didn't actually mean to you know um, uh, trigger or upset Richmond supporters. That's just the nature of sport. But I did have to wonder, Dean, when you watch, when someone like Richmond goes out in straight sets, you know, and you and you think about the ceiling. Um, for the football club, if you're an Ali McKenzie, if you're an Amelia Yassir, if you're one of those players that sat back on the weekend and kind of got the front row tickets to the North Melbourne Footy Clinic, does it does it entice you to move? You know, does it – because you think about like, okay, so again, like looking at – I don't know if this is men's, but looking at free agency and, and looking at that, you, you think where do the AFLW, uh, AFL men's players go? And they want to go play finals and that, like, you know, you don't resent them for that. That's They've put in a stint in their club. They've done the right thing. They're playing by the rules. And it, it makes me question in a couple of years' time or maybe not even a couple of years' time, if, if the Tigers aren't doing so well or if they're not um, progressing as a football club, is it in the best interests of North to, you know, make sure they're tapping on these shoulders? Because could you imagine, you know, North Melbourne with an Ali McKenzie as well? Like, it's just... It would be nice, wouldn't it, as well? Mm. Having her would be incredible. So I'm just, I'm conscious. I'm, I'm very much aware of, you know, because Melbourne improved in the off-season. They were able to kind of snag some some plays and Olivia Purcell and they, they got another player. So I, I, wonder, I do wonder, in order to distinguish yourself away from the pack and really develop that winning culture, you've got to entice those players from the middle to lower clubs to come play, to add that kind of, value to your club so I don't know it, it maybe was just me thinking out loud but I just think that good clubs recruit good talent and in my head I know I'm incredibly biased but in my head if I'm in the off season right now and I'm sitting back and I'm having a drink watching the game I'm thinking to myself how do I get to be a part of this you know I think it's a natural question that athletes kind of ask themselves I don't know did, did you have any thoughts on that or should we just move on to the next the next agenda item Oh, I think, look, I think we're sort of thinking a bit outside the box um, with our recruiting, like um, just with the Irish girls. Yeah, yeah, like sort of getting, you know, those two girls, I think they've been, you know, as good as anyone in the competition as far far as high prize recruits go. I know, you know, players tend to chase success. Um, Yeah. That's what tends to happen. And because there's no long-term contracts in AFLW, that means they're going to be out of contract pretty much, you know, 70% of the league is going to be out of contract every season, um, which makes it really tough. Until it gets becomes um, a full-time profession, 
then you're probably going to get players like, um, yeah, we, we got fleeked. Yeah, by a couple of players like uh, Ashmore sort of left um, and, and a couple of others, Bannister. You know, players that we developed, oh, not so much developed, not, not so much Ashmore, but Bannister we did. Yeah. Um, yeah, no. we, we sort of, yeah, we sort of had to let him go. And we've sort of thought a bit outside the box. And, yeah, I mean, we've got Amy Smith, I think, is a really good replacement for Ashmore. Yeah, um, I do too. Yeah, and... Yeah, we've still got our core intact. I mean, the main yeah. thing is, you know, Jasmine Garner, um, you know, Emma Carney's probably got a couple of years. Emma King's pretty important to our structure. Yeah. Astrid Dale as well. So. Yeah, and I do think that contingent is like, you know, you're, I think they're roughly 20, I think Mia King's as young as maybe 22 or 23, mm. all the way up to Carney, who's 33, who's, you know, she's a competitive beast. So I think as long as she's injury-free, she'll keep playing until she's told to stop. So you're right. It's, it is about keeping those core players around. I think North have done a phenomenal job of um, identifying talent uh, and identifying, yeah, what kind of role that they can play. And, yeah, I, I would be shocked if more clubs didn't go and look at Ireland and the Gaelic kind of football league as a really mm. nice trajectory into AFLW, seeing so there's so much kind of success that's come out of it. Um, it's fairly low stakes uh, with high returns. So, yeah, you're right. It, it's fascinating. It's going to be really, really fascinating. The off-season, that, I mean, we can do heaps of podcasts about that when that happens. But anyway, <laughs> we should probably get back to the uh, to the prelim final that we've got on Saturday. Are you um, are you able to go to that one, Dean, or have you got some prior oh, game? Yeah, no, I've got, I've got my ticket uh, pretty much as soon as it, uh, the tickets came out today. So I've uh, got my ticket uh, for Saturday uh, after noon. Yeah, so, yeah, and I'll definitely be there. I wouldn't yeah, miss man. that one. So yeah, yeah. No, yeah. Um, look, I wanted to yeah before we go to Melbourne. Like, is that um like I know you've sort of uh, tweeted about it yesterday. Is that the best win we've ever had in the yeah. AFLW? Yeah, yeah, you it so? is. Yeah. I, I do. I've, I've I've done a little research. I've watched the game back and forth a couple of times just to confirm. I think given given that it was a semi final, um, mm. and given the uh, the draw that we got this season um, and the fact that also given that it's finally an 18-team competition as well, um, I think that plays a bare significance. I think in the past it was obviously a reduced league, so um, different kind of circumstances, but I felt it was a sublime performance because the past couple of wins that we've had, the one against Freo at Arden Street and the win against Collingwood and such, they were really good and they were quite satisfying wins. But they didn't indicate to me that we were a powerhouse club. They were just kind of – we were flexing some muscles, but we weren't certainly swinging. And I think on the weekends that was was a massive statement by the North Melbourne Tasmanian kangaroos, (laughs) you know, like it's – it's it's pretty huge, um, and I yeah I a couple of supporters who engaged in this tweet kind of said the same thing as well. They thought that it was quite an emphatic performance and really kind of stood stood up for who we were and what kind of brand. You know, I know in the podcast before you mentioned when we were previewing the game, you wanted to see the North Melbourne brand of football, and I think that's what we we saw on the weekend. Um, what about you? Was that your favourite win or is that the most important win of our history or is there someone else that you can... I think, yeah, I mean, as far as um, beating an opposition team and a quality opposition team, you'd have to be up there um, yeah. you know, within the top two or three. I think it's the best win. 
with it. Yeah. I had some problems with you. Um, and, and like you said, considering the circumstances, a semi-final, you know, um, it's either win or go home. Um, yeah, it was it was more than impressive. Like I was just, yeah, you know, I was impressed with their win against Collingwood a couple of weeks ago in Victoria mm-hmm. Park. You know, um, but uh, this this is just a whole new uh, level. Yeah. Um, so with you, and um, yeah, full credit to the girls. Uh, I wanted to talk to you about um, just quickly before we move on to Melbourne and just finish off there. Um, like Jenna uh, Brutton and Jasmine Garner, I wonder if their relationship off field is just as strong as on field because they seem to find each other a lot, don't they? Like even when uh, the she, she seemed to know, you know, she grabbed the ball and quickly got her in a boot, boot like she knew uh, Jasmine Garner was inside the 50 by herself and just put it out to her and, yeah, yeah it's, you it's know, just amazing. Do, do you know that they're together, like as in they're dating? Yeah, they're right? a couple. Oh, okay, yeah, sorry. I was like, yeah, yeah. you're either getting, no, 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 I'm over there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Yeah, I think they've just got really good synergy, really good chemistry. Yeah. I think in that particular instance, I do agree. I think they've got great awareness. I always see Bruton kind of get that quick hands or off to Garner or Garner to Bruton. I think they're very, uh, they work well together in, in tandem. But I think when Bruton got the ball kind of across nearly the half forward line, I think that was very much a set play because Jazzy was able to kind of push forward and expose her tag. So I think it was something that during the week they definitely worked on um, and were able to kind of, taken advantage of and I mean when in doubt kick to Ghana I know I would (laughs) you know she's just elite elite hands elite game awareness and just a really polished kind of finish so um yeah yeah, they worked really well I was really impressed with um Mia King on the weekend I think you know Riddell obviously got the 30 disposal and did really well but um there were a couple times that King kind of got lined up by the Hosking twins which I think actually just Yeah, it was an interesting approach. Um, you know, uh, not to be disrespectful to the Hosking Twins, I, I just feel like their games are more based on, um, yeah, being more tough than they yeah, are. Busy. Yeah, that physical aggressiveness. And, and I think when push comes to shove, I think I'd rather my mids kind of get the ball and, and use it efficiently. But, um, yeah, I, I just it was nice to see that bit of a class that Mia um, kind of brought to the game. I think she's shaken off probably a sleepy start to the season and really announced herself as an important part of that midfield. Um, so that was really great to watch. I noticed that, you know, our last podcast, we, we, we talked about potentially putting Carney through the middle um, and that's not something that they did as much as they rotated, you know, Riddell, King, Bruton, kind of Garner when they could, um, which was interesting as well, like having that, going to the stoppages and having, you know, the set plays and, and the set kind of um, players around you is important. Um, yeah, I, I think I think in terms of um, disposals, Bruton's really good with her hands. I find her – she's good with her kicks, but I think she's really smart um, with her handballs and her ability to kind of open up space um, in the game. So, yeah, they're just – they're a good – they're a good little partnership, Bruton and Garden. I think someone tweeted, um, and I retweeted it, you know, imagine not having Jasmine Garner on your team. <laughs> and it's so true. Like, it's just, if I was sitting back and if she was playing for the other team, I'd be absolutely robbed because I'd be watching this elite talent wishing that they played for North. Um, so it's definitely a rare privilege to get to watch someone get better and better throughout the season in such, like, a close uh, analysis kind of way. So... 
Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how Melbourne try to match up with her. I'm not sure what they'll do. I think they're back in their midfield. They've got a pretty potent yeah. midfield. So I don't imagine they'll put a hard tag on. But I imagine um, if she pushes forward again, I wonder whether Libby Birch goes to her or what they intend to kind of do. Um, yeah, should we discuss the inevitable Melbourne? Yeah, well, we might as well. Um, first off, are you happy that it's at Icon Park or would you rather at Punt Road? <laughs> I mean, look, we've got a home ground advantage at Punt Road. Let's play yeah. Punt Road. Um, now, nah, Icon makes more sense. I think it's more inclusive to everyone who wants to go watch and engage and share with the game. So very happy about that. Uh, be happier if there were more North fans than there were D's fans. Um, so hopefully we can get out in numbers. Um, yeah, Icon will, will prove, I guess, a different type of challenge. It's a very open field. Um, mm-hmm. Watching Melbourne play Adelaide on there, they were really kind of rinsed and burnt through the corridor, the wings. They're, like I said, they're a very quick uh, running overlap, kind of just swarm you and overwhelm you. Um, mm-hmm. So it does play into Melbourne's game plan a little bit, but... That's being said, I think there's something to be said about the belief and the momentum that is within the North women's uh, team at the moment. It's pretty special. It's pretty unique to have that first, that really gritty win um, and satisfying and relieving win over Geelong to then, you know, kind of announce yourself. So you do have to wonder, does the week off negate the momentum or I don't know, I don't really play competitive sport. Do you, what would you prefer? Would you prefer running in with another game and kind of getting a really good win or would you prefer a week off? Well, it depends on the team really. I mean, if you, if you got injuries then you kind of need the week off. Yeah, um, we don't have injuries at the moment. I mean, we probably do. Emma Carney's probably not a hundred, a hundred percent. She's probably 80%. Um, but, yeah, I mean, if you if you do have injuries, like a lot of teams do, you know, especially at the you know, pointy end of the season, I don't think it makes that much of a difference in AFLW only because it's ten rounds. Yeah, um, agreed. Yeah. yeah, so I think it's basically you're halfway through the season now, anyway. Like as a you know, compared to the men's one, so yeah. Um, whereas in the men's, you you tend to get a lot more injuries towards the end of the year, um, just through wear and tear more than anything. Yeah, a lot um, of soft so, tissues. Yeah, yeah, stuff like that. Whereas we're Soft tissue wise, we're I think we're all good. Besides, um, obviously, Gavalis had her hamstring, but she seems okay with that. Uh, Emma Carney probably not a hundred percent, but still eighty percent of Emma Carney is as good as anyone in the competition. Oh, absolutely, yeah. And I think you know you talked about Melbourne's outside run. They're not they're just not going to have that luxury against North. Uh, nah. We're a very very high pressure team, and that's what finals are. It's it's a contested game, and that, that sort of suits us. Like they yeah. games. So, you know, I mean, they're not, you know, they might get the odd one on the outside, but that'll be about it. You know, we're, we're very good at closing uh, teams down uh, in space and not giving them space. Not yeah, that's them true. Them them. Whereas, yeah, Adelaide sort of, um, yeah, uh, got sucked into the Melbourne sort of game plan and trying to play outside as well. Whereas, yeah, I agree. We, we, yeah, I don't think we'd do that. So, yeah, our pressure rating will be through the roof. Yeah, I think we'll adapt our game style and, and change it a bit from the weekend. And, and that's that's the brand of a good team when you know you can kind of change and adapt to different teams and, and different grounds and venues. But I think, yeah, you're right. I think Adelaide, Adelaide, it's funny. They're the reigning premiers and I know they've got a fair chunk of the reigning premier lists now at Port Adelaide or retired or such. But 
Adelaide feel like to me with respect to, to the reigning primary is they feel like the weakest of the top four. Is that, do you feel like that? I just felt like, and I know it's hard because obviously the game on the weekend was just outrageous. I, my friend who played in it, you know, she's like, that's the worst game of football I'll ever play in my entire life. You know, that was just yeah. horrendous. She's like, I couldn't see the ball. I could not genuinely see the ball. And then the next half, it felt like I couldn't move. I felt like I was in a swamp. So anyway, I think it's it's hard to base, um, you know, Adelaide's form off that game. But I feel like against Melbourne, they got outplayed and then they kind of just scraped over the line against Collingwood and now they're going to go up to Metricon or the Gabba. I just feel like, and even the odds kind of reflected on sports, but they are somewhat of the weakest of the of the top four. Like if anyone, if someone asked me who do you, who would you want to play right now in a prelim out of those kind of teams, I'd definitely say Adelaide. I just I feel like they're probably not as uh, equal in terms yeah. of their their capacity is the other. I think Brisbane and D's are fairly decent, so I think Brisbane will do a job on Adelaide, um, and hopefully yeah. we, we do a job on D's. <laughs> um, and then who knows where the grand final will be played because they haven't figured out a venue if Brisbane win. So that's interesting. Well, apparently the rumours going around are probably, it might be at a Marvel. Yeah, I heard be, that. Yeah, which would be ideal for us. Yeah. Like, uh, anywhere outside of Brisbane. So, to yeah. be honest with you. Yeah, I mean, I'll take that. Like 100%. Yeah. I don't even like Marvel, but I could like it for a grand final. It does look it's, – it's the best kind of conditions that you can get in terms of the closed roof and such. So it does make for better football. It does improve the quality because if you don't have to fight with conditions, a.k.a. Adelaide versus Collingwood. So you'd be pretty, you'd be pretty filthy if that does happen if you're a Brisbane fan and a, and, and a member or a – player what of such a of Brisbane I'd, I'd be pretty angry with that but um yeah look if the destiny falls our way and, and we're able to beat the D's and we end up playing at Marvel I'll be um rubbing my hands at that I'll be licking my lips that'd be huge for us um mm. I do think we match up really well with Melbourne we're one of those sides historically whether it's at bloody Casey Fields which is an abomination of a FLW venue just quietly I don't know if you've been out there Dean but oh yeah I've been there I went there for the practice match this year the North Melbourne oh, versus the... Melbourne practice oh my match. god where we got smashed by over 100 points do you know uh, what... something like that yeah. oh, I watched the replay of that I don't even know why I did it and I just <laughs> I don't know why I did to myself I must have had a free hour or something and I just thought okay this is going to be a long season I guess um yeah I I'm really not a big fan of Casey Fields so any yeah. any improvement from Casey to Icon is huge for me um but yeah I think it'll be a interesting matchup I think both midfields are fairly talented um, I think, you know, Taylor Harris is a good, uh, you know, decoy forward. I think it's really the people that pop up around her, like Kate Hall, Alyssa Bannon can do some pretty big damage in there. Um, Daisy Pierce, as she gets out the back. Um, but I, I still think that we've got an incredibly potent forward line and we can kick a winning score against them. It'll, I think it'll just come down to the midfield battle to me. It'll be who can kind of outplay each other in that sense. I think they've got a fairly good defensive structure with 
Libby Birch, Maddie Gay down there. Uh, I think they've got another Irish chick uh, down on the, their half-back line as well. I know they've got Eden Zanka up forward as well. So they're a very decent list. Um, I think they've also been gifted a very nice draw this season. So they've been made to look fairly decent throughout the um, throughout the season. But, yeah, I don't know. I really, It'll be a really interesting matchup. Um yeah, I, I don't think either way, I don't think it'll be a domination like it was in the weekend. I think either way will be less than three goals um, just because the intensity that finals brings. Um, I don't know. I feel like players like Paxman and Pierce play such a huge role in terms of leadership on the field. Um, I don't know. What do you think? Do you think we can get the win? Yeah, I'm confident that yeah, we can. Nice. I, I just think we've hit our straps at the right time of the year. And I, I just don't think we're going to allow Melbourne to play the outside game like they did against Adelaide and the way they want to play. The, you know, I, I just think we're going to give them a bit of a culture shock as yeah. far as uh, the physicality. We're, we're probably the strongest team in the competition, really, as far as physicality goes. Um, yeah, I, I mean, you talked about Mia King getting knocked over by the Hosking twins and, and so forth a few times, but she gets straight back up. Yeah. Like she, yeah, she... she it doesn't phase her. Like she's quite a strong girl, and we've got a lot of those stronger girls. And worst case scenario, if we have to throw Emma Carney in here, <laughs> you know, we, we can do that as well. So, and yeah, it's just clicking in our forward line. I think we've got a good structure there with uh, Randall and King as as the tools, but um, yeah, the smalls are just as effective with O'Loughlin, uh, Eddie, and um, Vicky Wall uh, plays a real role as well. Yeah, and a half forward pushing up the ground. So, I'm confident. Um, that we can get the win, um, and I'll go for about a uh, fourteen-point win. Oh my god, that would make me so happy. <laughs> I think, I think if we beat like if we beat these in the prelim, that ends up being the bigger, even bigger than what it was last weekend in terms of statements for the club. Because for me, Melbourne is that club that we just, you know, can't seem to climb the mountain over. I feel like for such a long time they've been able to have a bit of wood over us. Um, so you but do they haven't to... been, it hasn't been convincing. No, and that's what yeah. I mean. And the, so, you know, when you talk about the matchup, it's so interesting because I think if you weren't a North or a, a Melbourne supporter, you would be like, oh, well, yeah. Melbourne finished top four and, they've, you know, they'll probably do North by a couple of goals here. But you think if you look back historically how those two, two teams have really matched up against each other, I haven't – I can't think of the last game where I felt like, the other team were all over each other. Like there happened, there weren't that too many dominant periods of play. It was just, you know, you think back. I think it was like maybe round four or round three, and we played them at the G, and it just felt like they were on the right right side of the buzzer when when the siren went. It didn't feel like they were the much better team than we were. So. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to, because maybe I'm a very superstitious person and I predicted a win for North last week, I'm going to go again, North Melbourne by 15 points. And I think if that happens, I will be over the moon. I'll be dancing down Ligon Street. I will be, oh, I don't I won't even know how to feel. I'll just be over the moon. I'd, yeah, it'd be pretty incredible to make a grand final. It'd be great to win one, but It'd be amazing mm. to um to watch North progress to that. It'd be, yeah, it'd be huge considering you know respectfully to the men's club that we've had and we've supported 
<laughs> considering some mm. of the dark days that we've been through, we're definitely a shining light. Um, but, oh, nervous. Very, very, very nervous. We'll see kind of what happens. How many how many crowd members do you think you'll get there, Dean? Do you reckon it'll be like close to 10 to 15? Oh, I reckon 15, to be honest yeah, with you. wow. I, I think our supporters would get behind the girls. I'd, yeah. I'd be surprised if they didn't. Yeah. Um, I, I just feel like there's unfinished business as well when you when you chat to the girls. They're, you know, they're quite happy to get the wins like last week against Richmond, but they're, they're already moving forward. Yeah. You know, and they're already, you know, preparing for Richmond. Oh, not Richmond, uh, Melbourne. So, yeah, yeah, no, I just think there's unfinished business and, um, yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, there's uh, a real sense of hunger, isn't there? And a sense yeah. of hunger and belief that they are capable of doing this, which should be – it's like I said, I, I tweeted this ages ago, even when we lost against Brisbane – um, at the Pride match at Arden Street, I said, and I still stand by this statement, this is the most complete list and most, like, balanced list that North has had in its history of its club. Um, it feels like there are contributors on all different lines. It feels like it's a really unique mix of, you know, Emma Carney's kind of experience with Emma King and Sarah Wright, but then mixed in with, couple of young guns as well having you know Tess Craven and, and Amy Smith and that so it feels like this list is capable given its depth and its talent and its belief so oh my god I really want them to win <laughs> really. yeah, yeah. Oh, well, I think we all do but... yeah, we, we do yeah. we do well so hopefully um hopefully we'll see you all and I'll get to meet you Dean because unfortunately uh, most of our well, not unfortunately. Fortunately, we've been able to have all these conversations online, but it'll be nice to meet at the ground and um, shake hands and, and hopefully watch a North win. Yeah, yeah, it sounds good. It almost feels like, uh, not to, uh, don't take this the wrong way, it almost feels like a bit of a Tinder date or something like that. Really, oh, you know, yeah. Like... <laughs> oh, yeah, wear your, wear your blue and white scarf to the ground. <laughs> I'll, yeah, I'll be able that. to identify you with the with the North Melbourne cap on your head. But, um, yeah, no, yeah. like I said, it would be really great to have uh, a whole bunch of North support getting around the girls because after mm-hmm. the last couple of performances, I mean, how could you not get on board? It's just an incredible team to kind of, watch and be a part of from the peripheral so quite magical and uh hopefully i'll, I'll see you at the game dean yeah sounds good uh claire i'll um i'll leave you to it for the rest of the night thanks very much for coming to the show once again uh taking time out of your monday oh, um hope, hopefully uh next monday is um a preview for the grand final that'll be, oh, uh, that'll be wouldn't that yeah, just no. be incredible i'm using all my birthday wishes and i've got all my fingers and toes crossed for the rest of the week just to see that happen so thank you very much to Claire Cozzy for coming on the show once again. That's it for this episode. I will be back probably Wednesday at this stage. I am unavailable Thursday uh, to do a show. So probably Wednesday I'll be joined by Loza once again. Uh, we'll dissect the Richmond versus North Melbourne game a bit more. It's always good to get a Richmond perspective on it. Um, don't know how uh, enthusiastic she'll be about the show, uh, talking about uh, her beloved Tigers uh, losing. But, um, yeah, look, we'll... we'll We'll also talk about the other game that happened, Adelaide versus Collingwood, and the games that are coming up this week in the prelim finals. Very exciting time to be a North fan. 
probably wouldn't have said that about two or three months ago. But uh, yeah, exciting times. We're only one game, one win away from a grand final berth, so it's obviously going to be a tough challenge, um, like I talked about with Claire. But uh, yeah, you got to be in it to win it. And yeah, you know, I know we've been uh, the bridesmaids to the you know the Adelaide Crows and Melbourne Demons and the Brisbane Lions, but um, yeah, no better chance to, than to break that. Uh, hoodoo, I guess, uh, than this weekend. Well, yeah, why not now? Why not us? So we'll see what happens. Once again, thanks to all you lovely listeners for all the likes, retweets, comments you do for the show. It goes out there. You all know who you are. I really appreciate it. Uh, it's going out to North, more North supporters. So that's all I can ask from you uh, lovely listeners. And, um, yeah, I really, really do appreciate it. Anyways, that's it uh, for this episode. Like I said, I'll be back later in the week, probably Wednesday. And until then, I will leave a shout-out to Jenna Brutton. Bye for now.